again greetings in Jesus' name. I want to start this morning, um, this session, by reading a few verses out of Exodus chapter 33. I want to pick up in verse 7, just to the, to the 13th or 14th verse. If you'd read along in your Bible, so once again, just reading from the New International Version. And it's, it's from the, uh, sorry, from the Message Bible. And it's, this is how it reads. Moses used to take the tent and set it up outside the camp. Now, my Bible, I've underlined outside the camp, some distance away. He called it the tent of meeting. That was where he went to meet with God. Anyone who sought God would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. It went like this. When Moses would go to the tent, all the people would stand at attention. Each man would take his position at the entrance to his tent with his eyes on Moses until he entered the tent. Whoever, whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud descended to the entrance to the tent and God spoke with Moses. All the people would see the pillar of cloud at the entrance to the tent, stand at attention and then bow down in worship, each man at the entrance to his tent. And God spoke with Moses face to face as neighbours speak to one another. When he would return to the camp, his attendant, the young man Joshua, stayed. He didn't leave the tent. Moses said to God, look, at, look, you tell me, lead this people, but you don't let me know whom you're going to send with me. You tell me, I know you well and you're special to me. If I am so special to you, let me in on your plans. That way I will continue being special to you. Don't forget, this is your people, your responsibility. Such a good thing to remember, isn't it? And God said to him, My presence will go with you. I'll see the journey to the end. Now, I've covered 10 points or 10 lessons, and I want to pick up on what I call two others that really are part of what we've already covered, but they come up again in Exodus 33 and again in Exodus 34, and that is the need for God's presence ongoingly. But I want to just add a little bit to that in this 11th lesson, because God shows you a little bit about this here, and not only the need for the ongoing presence of God, but also how to ensure you live in it, how to get it and how to live in it. And then the next little point I want to, and that's so closely uh, linked to this, the, the, the 12th little lesson would be that we need to cultivate a God consciousness. Cultivate a God consciousness. And you find that in Exodus chapter 34, the first six verses and onward. But these come up, this presence of God, the need to meet with God, to hear from God, uh, cultivate a God consciousness. This constantly comes up through this uh, this these wanderings as God trains and equips and sets his people free and takes them from bondage into the promised land, which God has called us to do to help people through the church to do. So here's just a little bit of what I believe we need to possibly just re reinforce in our own hearts. Or for some of us, maybe we just need to remember sometimes we forget some of these things. And for others, maybe for the first time, we might actually see it really see it for what it is. First of all, 
we need to go outside the camp. If you want the ongoing presence of God, you can't settle down with the rut and the routine and religious rules and regulations. The uh, same old, same old all the time. We need, you know, so much religion is without relationship. And God wants us to go outside the camp, outside of all that rut and routine, that which we're so used to and so familiar with that even if God were not there, we wouldn't know the difference. Uh, so many churches, I believe that's unfortunately what started to happen, is that if God didn't show up, they wouldn't even know that. Uh, just have a program. We know how to do things. We've got this thing going. And God's to ensure his presence ongoingly, we need to go outside the camp to that which is sometimes unconventional, unfamiliar, uh, but it's where God is. The second thing is that we're to seek God first. Not go to the Word of God or alone with God to get messages. While those are important, especially if we're preachers and leaders, we do need to be able to hear from God stuff we can share with the people. But first and foremost, go to meet God, <clears throat> not just to get your message. Let Him reveal Himself to you. Seek Him. Let Him speak to you personally. Let Him uh, adjust you. Let Him instruct you. Let Him share His heart with you. And that sometimes takes time. So, first of all, outside the camp. Secondly, seek God first. And foremost. And thirdly, it's there, alone with God, outside the camp. For Moses was the tent of meeting. Outside there, it's there that you experience his presence, which releases his power and enables him to fulfill his promises and bring you his uh, presence and his, his, uh, his peace so that you can participate with him in partnership. And that'll work in you and then through you. The next thing is, and you see this in, in this 33rd chapter, we need to spend time worshipping there. Even the people, when Moses went into the tent, the people stood and worshipped. How much more should we as leaders be worshippers? Worship God. When you meet with Him, worship Him. Don't just go there to get. Go there to give. Give Him praise. Give Him worship. Give Him love. Give Him your adoration. Give Him your life afresh. Your every, All your energy, your strength. Everything He's given to you, give it back to Him. Every gift, every enabling. Uh, just give it back to Him to use so that He may empower it and multiply it and then for those who may be aspiring young leaders or in leadership but young and still not too sure of yourself or what you really want God wants for you be like Joshua that even when Moses had to leave the tent Joshua remained there in that tent spend time with God lots of time with God and uh, you'll see that in, in chapter th th uh, 33 verses 11 through to 14 and then quickly, just to move on, because I look at time and it's just flying by. Um, the next thing is to cultivate a God consciousness. Now, you'll see that in Exodus chapter 34 from verses 1 through to 6. And I'm going to quickly just read those verses. It says, God spoke to Moses and he said, cut out two tablets of stone, just like the originals, and engrave on them the words that were on the original tablets you smashed. And listen to this now. Be ready in the morning. First thing in the morning, prepare yourself, be ready. Give God the first part of your day before the demands and the pressures and things that sap energy out of you. 
Get along with God. Be ready. Be prepared. First thing in the morning. Not uh, as a kind of a legalistic requirement. Just, hey God, this is when I'm the freshest. I want to be my best for you. I want to meet with you. I want to get the most I can out of my time with you alone. And then secondly, it says, God says to him, be ready in the morning to climb. Once again, go higher. What was yesterday's encounter with God? Go higher this, the next day and the next day higher and the next day higher. Keep climbing, ascending closer and closer into God, more and more of God. Um, and then thirdly, it says there, get to meet me on the top of the mountain. Go there with an anticipation, with a faith that says, I'm going to meet you, God. I'm not going to just go through the ritual. I'm not going to just go through the routine. I'm not going to just do what I normally do. I want, I'm here to meet with you. Please meet with me. And then it says there, not a soul is to go with you. The whole mountain must be clear of people. So go there alone. Yes, it's good to pray with your family, good to pray with your wife, good to pray with the leaders in the church. But this is you and God alone. If you're going to be the leader that God wants you to be, and if you want to encounter God, and if you want to um, be used of God and see God giving you what God has in plan for you, those plans that are good, uh, plans to, to, to enlarge you, to make you great in God, nations be blessed through you, etc., then go alone. Spend time with God alone. I love my time alone with God. Sometimes it's early, early, early in the morning. I like to just spend as much time as I can praising Him, worshipping Him. And after that, just taking His word and letting Him speak into my heart. Sometimes pressure and even success can sometimes rob us of these things. So go there and let God speak to you. And it says there in, in the next little part that I, I see here in chapter 34, verses 4 through to 6. I, want, I hope you will read those for yourself. It says there that God descended. He revealed himself. God came and showed himself. When you go with that attitude of those few things, ready in the morning, uh, climb the mountain, uh, get on top of the mountain as high as you can go, and not a soul with you, just all alone. It's there that God can descend and reveal himself to you. Sometimes he descends on you and, re and clothes you afresh with the power and presence of his spirit. Sometimes he just comes and speaks to you, reveals himself in such a fresh way as to who he really is for you. And then you read in, in verses 10 through to 12 of Exodus chapter 34. I'm going to just read uh, just the, a few of those little verses there uh, that God gives him in, in verses 10 to 12. It says, God says this, um, He says, when I meet with you, he says this, then all the people with whom you're living will see how tremendous God's work is, the work I'll do for you. And later on, you see that his face, he came down with his face shining. So God endorses our ministries when we get along with him, when we climb high, when we do these things that his word says here. But he, and he gives us specific instructions as the 34th verse 13 if you're looking in your Bibles, you see God says to him, tear down this, build this, break down, etc. God gives special, specific instructions. And then 
Part of the result is found in verse 29 and 30, as I was trying to allude to a few moments ago. The skin on his face glowed because he'd been speaking with God. I'm telling you, God, people will know that God has been with you. You'll, people will know that you've met with God. You won't be harassed. There'll be a peace. There'll be a tranquility. There'll be a calmness, um, fruitfulness, because you'll be transformed. And you'll come with God's strategies and people will say, whoa, these people, this man has been with God. This woman has been with God. So little thing quickly, just as I close off this session, wish I had more time here. But it's worth noting that the next book in the Bible after Exodus is Leviticus. And Leviticus is a book about holiness. Over and over and over again, God says, be holy for I am holy. Now, so many people shy away from holiness because of the bondage and the legalism that people have tried to impose upon us as to what holiness means. Really, holiness is Jesus. Holiness is being like Christ. Please understand that. It's just being like Christ. Don't be afraid of it. It's really conformity to Christ. It's him being, us being set apart for Him, for His use, uh, by the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, as we respond to it. That's what holiness is. Just somebody has said this, holiness is God's perfect nature at work in accomplishing God's perfect will. His perfect nature at work in accomplishing his, purple, his perfect will. And that's what Jesus did, didn't he? He said, I've come to do your will. He says, not my will, but thine be done. And so holiness is being like Jesus. And 2 Corinthians 3 verses 17 and 18 says this talking about what I'm trying to say about the transforming power of being like Jesus, holiness. It says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit is, there is freedom or liberty. And we, who with unveiled faces, something alluding back to what happened with Moses, with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord. And it's through the Word of God that God meets with us and transforms us. And that's why in Romans 12, 1, 1 and 2, Paul says, I urge you, I beseech you, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. And be not conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there's the transformation that comes by the Holy Spirit and transformation that comes through the Word of God as the two just meet together in God, in you. So, next little session, I want to share some of those things that God has given to me in times of real tribulation, uncertainty, times I felt Unworthy. Times I felt perplexed, not knowing what to do. Sometimes when I'm in such opposition, I don't know what to do. I want to share with those, those, a few of those things with you. Some of those promises that I believe are for all of us. But right now, please, I'm going to ask you, please, get your word, the word of God. Go to it and ask God to speak to you. And Father, help us in Jesus' name, by the Spirit of God, and transform us and make us more like your son, Jesus, and more effective and fruitful. In Jesus' name, amen.